Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, everybody. Rich Orr here. Filling in for Scott Mosby today. If you haven't been with us for the first hour, welcome to the second hour. Um, got a lot going on. Some great questions. Some great conversations uh, so far. We've we've talked with Bernadette about some uh, some voles and around her deck and some spacing on her deck boards and how she should handle that sort of stuff. And then we talked about some moles in the yard, taking you know just tearing up the yard and how to take care of them. So hopefully that was all really good, great advice for you and help you out with what you need. And want to remind everybody, we got another straight hour right now for you. So if you have anything going on, you're doing some little DIY projects for the weekend, getting ready for your celebrations, sticking your little American flags up and down the sidewalk and everything. Um, Love seeing all of this. Love to help everybody out with your questions. You can give me a call for the next hour. Again, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120 from far away. If you're listening over the uh, Internet on your computer, we'd love to help you out, too. So we can get to uh, absolutely everyone. And, you know, I wanted to kind of start out this hour with, you know, what what's next? What's coming up? You know, it's about to be June here. And of course, you know, here at Mosby Building Arts, we kind of got a list that Scott Mosby, you know, actually helped develop years ago on just how do you keep up with your home? When's good times to do certain things? So kind of a monthly list that we like to run through on things that you know, a reminder of what to do, what to focus on, and when's good to do it. And um, first thing on the list for June, of course, is uh, we've been talking a lot about decks and cleaning and sealing, you know, wood decks, really keep that wood, you know, good, protected, make sure it's water's beating up and not soaking in. Um, All of that, again, reminder is looking at those decks from underneath and really inspecting and making sure everything's okay and and seeing, you know, any of that rot coming from underneath. It usually starts from the bottom, even though it's facing up and all the weather comes from the top, you get most of your moisture at the bottom and soaking up from the ground and coming up through it. So like St. Louis, next on the list, you know, we're a, a big scrubby Dutch clean really take care of things. So washing, washing, washing everything. I always, you know, try and get, get out there that, you know, maintenance is one of the best things you can do for keeping up with your home, return on investment, all that stuff. So looking at, you know, washing those exterior siding, brick, um, gutters, driveways, walkways, just, just get everything clean, get the mildew, the stuff off the North side, power wash, um, any patios, driveways, all that, and then sealing as recommended. Any of those patios, driveways, all of that type of stuff, you want to keep it good and sealed just like you do the wood. You know, keeping that uh, moisture out can really, you know, help the life expectancy and how that top surface, you know, stays on your concrete. Um, so get that stuff done. Checking things out, that's another big maintenance kind of thing. Just going around and checking your windows, your storm doors, 
your doors, you know, looking for gaps, um, filling, caulking, getting things, you know, to air, stop air infiltration, things like that. But also, do they function? I mean, it's another big thing of like just going around. When's the last time you went around? Is there rooms that you don't open windows in often? You know, check them, make sure they're okay, check the screens, all of that. Um, and then getting into some of those systems, the closed dryer vent systems, you know, making sure they're cleaned out, lint-free. Um, using hard, straight pipe is a great thing for those dryer vents and your exhaust vents. Um, just making sure things are working and running and then checking the operation of all your attic fans, vet fans, external dampers, checking all that stuff out, your turbine vents and stuff on your roof, uh, making sure things are open and flowing and working, um, pruning your trees, your shrubs, all of that is a great thing to do. Keep it away from your siding. We talked a lot about squirrels and on the roof and all of that. Try and keep those those guys away and keep the, the shrubs and the trees away from the, the actual wall and roof of the home. So, hey, we've got uh, Mick on the line. Let's get to Mick and see what's going on. Hey, thanks for calling. Morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good afternoon, I guess I should say. <laughs> yeah, now. Yep. <laughs> so um, I've got a nice stamped patio, colored concrete stamped patio. I'm a concrete guy, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> And this this past uh, two weekends ago, you know, it, it had been two years since it had been sealed. So I rolled it with xylene, okay? Uh-huh. And, and it brought the sealer back to life, but it bubbled really bad. So I rolled a coat of sealer over that, and it has bubbled again. Now, this is the first time I've ever experienced this, and I've been doing concrete a long time. Okay. Any thoughts? Any thoughts on that? So, wow, not really. Um, I, I would definitely call out for if there's some more uh, avid ceiling people or concrete guys out there that have seen this. I haven't seen a lot of bubbling um, because usually with moisture, if there's moisture in that concrete, um, you see a lot of kind of like the white milky kind of ghosting when you do that surface sealer like that. But I, But I don't. You know, it, the bubbling part is is what worries me. My guess is that there's something on the on that surface where it's bubbling, maybe not letting it kind of adhere down and get into the pores. You know, in everything, if you can't see it, I don't know what it would be, but that would be my guess on why it would bubble. But I haven't seen a lot of that sealer bubbling. More of just the, the the ghosting that that film look you know where it kind of turns like a, a milky white and that's you right. know from the moisture pulling through um, right. so that, I don't have a I great see. answer for the bubbling yeah. all right and then one other question if i may we have an ash tree in our backyard mm-hmm. and i'm wondering we you know we have some limbs that are hanging over um getting close to the you know the gutters uh, over the roof is it too late to trim that should i wait till the fall um, no, I don't think it's too late to trim that. I mean, it, it's definitely, you know, um, spring and fall is, is a great time to do it. But um, I would definitely say don't, you know, maybe trim like 
all of it as much as normal, but where it's close to the roof and, and the gutters and things like that, if you trim that back, I, I think you're going to be absolutely fine. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to take the whole limb off. I just want to, yeah, yeah. you know, get it cut back a little bit. So yeah, get it, get it like three feet away if you can, you know, from oh, that, okay. that gutter or whatever would, would be good for now. And then you can do more in the fall. 10 floor. I appreciate it. All right. Hey, no problem, Mick. Thanks for the call. Great questions. Um, calling again for anybody that's seen a lot of this bubbling with that sealer. If you have anything that you've seen, um, again, my guess is there's probably some kind of oily thing or something on that surface that you can't really see. Not letting that adhere. Um, we've got to get into a break here. But, Mary, if you could hold the line through the break um, we'll get into our first break and we'll get to you as and everybody else as soon as we return. We'll be right back. All right, here we go. Hey, having a great time here. Camo X Home Improvement Show. Rich Orris filling in for Scott Mosby today and uh, having some great conversations. I love doing it. I'm glad I can help. If anybody needs anything, any questions about your house, getting ready for the holiday, 314-436-7900. Let's get to Mary, who was so patient, waiting through the entire break and everything. Want to get right at you. Mary, are you there? Yes, sir. Hey, great. Thanks for calling. What's going on? Well, thanks for your show. Well, listen, uh, I bought one of those um, uh, uh, gazebos, patio covers, you know, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. for a couple hundred dollars. And I want to put it on my patio. And, um, you know, it's got the screen with it and everything. And I have a concrete patio that's uh, 10 by 30. And the dimensions of this thing is uh, 8 by 10. So, uh, or 9 by 10 or 11, by 11. Anyway, I wanted to know how close to the edge of my patio, a 10-foot going out, can you secure that with one of those? Um, I guess you got to put a screw in it, or I don't know what you how, how you secure it. But I want to know how close to the edge could I get to be on the safe side that it doesn't crack? Yeah, that is definitely a um, good thing to think about. Great question. Um, and, and really, that can vary quite a bit. Um, just because of one, the quality of the the drill bit, um, you know, when we put in like different like cast like iron railings and things like that, if you do something like core drilling, they have really good sharp bits that work, you know, um, a little slower as far as um, going in and not vibrating quite as much and. And so they can get a little bit closer to the edge when you use a regular drill bit to do like a concrete tapcon type screw for something like that. You're, you're hammer drilling. It's a smaller hole, so you're using some vibration. So it, it is definitely 100% impossible to say, you know, if you are three inches away or six inches away, I would say the further away the better I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. go any closer than about five or six inches to the edge if you can, if it were me, just to try and play it safe. But it, it could break off, and depending on, you know, the, 
the composure of the actual concrete and, and mm-hmm. what's in it, or even if you're drilling down and you hit, you know, a rock like dead center, that could help play into like a chunk blowing out. So, and you can't see in there. So that's, you know, a lot of that's hard to tell. So I would right. say definitely try and be about five or six inches away from the edge if that would work. And if you're, you know, 10 feet, and if you do that, the the eight or nine foot wide on the 10 foot wide, then you should be good, you know, to be a good six, eight inches away or something. The further, the better would be my recommendation. The less likely it would be to crack out. You get about two so, or three inches from the edge and it might really yeah. break off. So if it's a, I don't know, just say it's an eight by 10, you would make it the eight foot to go out from the house to the edge of the patio. Yeah, yeah. So put the eight eight foot foot where your 10 foot patio is. So you've got two feet of play to kind of center it and keep it about a foot off the edge. And and you should be really good that way. Okay, great. Thanks for thanks for your answer. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for the call. Um, Uh You know, it's it's a good thing to think about. And it's it is great, you know, in our community Mm -hmm. that a lot of people they they do they think into these things and and they want to know. You know, don't assume um, when you Google search, I mean, you search things online. Again, don't assume that everything is, you know, the best answer or that it works in our environment. That's a big thing and stuff like that is like, is the answer good for our environment? Where Where is that answer coming from? And, and I've literally seen different you know, recommendations online as I research stuff for doing, you know, this show and my radio show and all this other stuff that, you know, I'm researching all this information and I'm reading and I'm going, okay, you know, I had one with some HVAC stuff that they were talking about. And it was like how to try and, you know, quiet, noisy ductwork and different stuff like that. And if you could hear the air blowing through it or if there's, and, and at one point, they actually said, you know, take a straight run and put a bunch of bends and turns in it. And and I'm like, well, if that's your HVAC supply line and it's pushing air through it, and you put a bunch of bends and turns in there to try and make it not as noisy, I'm like, that's just not a great recommendation because you could literally limit so much of that air supply that's getting to the end of that, you know, air will, will only push and only go so far through a pipe. So when you, you know, if you look at your, your dryer and it's recommending, you know, we need a four inch size pipe and it will tell you like the longest distance you could have. And it will tell you, you know, each elbow is, is equivalent to like five feet of pipe. So if they're saying, don't go more than 20 feet of pipe and you put four elbows in it. Well, that's 20 feet of pipe. So you need to go really, really short if you're going to have, so, you know, reading stuff online and going, Ooh, yeah, I don't know that that's the best recommendation for different things. Just be careful. And I think our community, we are very careful and it's great to ask good questions and really kind of, try and, and talk to some people and really get some good answers for that stuff. Don't always just trust the first thing that you read or that you hear or that you see. 
um, or something like that because, you know, I've, I've working with Scott Mosby for so many years, um, one of my favorite things I probably learned from him over the years of trying to explain things to people and, you know, and, and all of that, or even answering like these questions on, on, on air and everything, you'll hear him say a lot. And, and I'm, I've picked up the same thing from him. I absolutely love it is, you know, you can, but should you, you know, so be like, can you paint brick? Yeah, you can, but should you, you know, what, what is this system trying to do? You know, so really thinking through all that in different aspects of your home and, and how you get through stuff and how you work on stuff. Um, so there's good strategies and, and things to think about. Like if you're going into, you know, performing like a DIY project, what do you really need to think about? Or what are some things that people really don't always necessarily you know, think about because it's not what they're doing on a daily basis. So if you haven't, you know, seen it or, or learned and, and all these different things. And so when we're thinking about doing some of these projects, there's, there's definitely things to think about. Um, like number one, one of the biggest things is, um, you know, personal protective equipment, you know, think about what you're doing um, and, and, you know, PPE isn't just for medical health and, and, you know, coronavirus and all this different stuff. When you're drilling into concrete, it's a great idea to have some safety glasses on because you never know when a chunk's going to fly up. So when you're doing, you know, work and you research what you're doing, think about safety glasses and respirator mask and work gloves and, you know, all these different things and or keeping a first aid kit you know, close by is just a great thing to do. Um, planning, asking these questions when you're going into any type of project, whether big or small, or you're doing it or somebody's doing it for you, really planning it out, having, you know, things you do first, like a pre kind of renovation structural inspection. You know, you're going to remodel the a kitchen or a bathroom or the whole first floor of the house you know, it's good to just walk around the basement or, or, or inspect all these different things because there could be all this work that maybe is, is you know, happening to your structure that we're like, oh, before you do all this, you might want to take care of, you know, some issues in other places that you really didn't even know that you had. And, you know, coming in as a consultant and really thinking these things through, I can't tell you the amount of kitchens and bathrooms and things like that, that I've come out to someone's house to look at and advise them on. And we end up fixing leaks, reciting the home, you know, taking care of, of the whole home as a whole. And when they start to learn why things are happening and what can be done about it, they're like, Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to do that prior to renovating my kitchen because I want my kitchen to last. And, you know, what's the order of, of importance in doing some stuff like this. So when you are doing things, making the plan and understanding that plan is really a big thing. Um, doing those inspections, having good tools is another thing, really good tools that are sharp, that work well. Um, and all of that is a big deal. So, hey, we're going to get into our break here. 
We've got some calls hopefully coming in here. If you need anything from me, 314-436-7900. Let's get into this break, and we'll be right back after these messages. All right, here we go. Welcome back. Rich Orris again, filling in for Scott Mosby today, having a great time, and love helping out. Um, again, any questions you have, we got two more segments left. Plenty of time for you, 314-436-7900. 800-925-1120, here to help you out, get through whatever you got going on. And, you know, talking, kind of finishing up that list of, uh, you know, things to help you get through projects and everything. And, and you know, I love this part of this one because if you have um, somebody else doing work for you, um, completely understanding the scope of work is one of the biggest things on this list of how to get through your projects, you know, really well, um, understanding everything about it so that, you know, if surprises arise, you know what's in there, you know what's not in there, you know what they actually plan to do, um, and, and you completely understand it. So, like, last night, you know, working with a client, getting a project going for them for Mosby Building Arts, we had been through all of this. We had... They had seen what the scope is. We had emailed back and forth making changes, and and they had a complete, you know, version of that scope of work that we, we'd seen probably four versions to really get this thing as accurate as possible. And they, they had seen it and read through it and, and pretty much completely understood it. But when we got together we still went ahead and took like that 10 minutes or so that it took that I said, if you don't mind, let's just do this. I'll read the scope word for word, verbatim, all the way through and make sure we all have a crystal clear understanding. And even after all those versions, we still kind of came up with, oh, yeah, see, it could have been worded just a little bit better to understand that it was all the walls of the hallway that we were going to paint. Um, so... Even, you know, looking at we'll make sure that that's clear through the field and everything as we do the walkthroughs and get all this information out. So going over it that much, that often, so to really understand eliminating those surprises of not knowing I thought that was in there or I just assumed something was being done or, you know, we mentioned it, but the scope didn't say. So once the field guys are reading it, they're like, we're not doing that. It doesn't say that, you know. So have that understanding and force that if the people you're working with don't want to do that, you should, you should do that. You should absolutely make sure and make them put everything in there so that you get it in writing. Um, so, hey, we've got Bev on the line here. Let's see what's going on with Bev. Hey, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, thanks for calling. What's happening? Well, it's been this, I've had a problem for about a year. We live out in the country. Do not have, and we're on a well. The house, the well is probably about twenty years old, and I'm from the city, so you know, this is all pretty much new to me. But we've been here ten years now, and I I became accustomed to, you know, if you if you use a lot of water in the house, I can hear my well pump. I guess that's the right. Uh -huh. So anyway, and if you don't use any water, nobody's using any water. The pump doesn't run, right? Well, in the middle of the night, it's just my husband and, husband and me, the pump will run. 
not once, not twice, a couple times. I mean, it, it, it happens every once in a while. So I, I noticed this last summer. Call the plumber, come out and check it. He's like, no, lady, it's not, it's not my problem. You need to call the well guy. Called the well guy. He came out and he said, I don't know what to tell you. You know, the, the PSI goes down, but I don't know wh- why, so that's a plumbing issue. So I just gave up. I thought, fine, when I don't have any water, somebody will tell me what the problem is. <laughs> yeah, they'll figure it out then for sure. Right. So now we ha- So that's been happening all winter long been you know just dealing with it whatever um my electric bill hasn't gone through the roof i've always had water when i've needed it so i just kind of like yeah whatever so now that we're watering outside and we're outside more i can tell that okay i know what the wellhead looks like and then right next to it we have a hydrant so i hope i'm using the right terminology yeah yeah like a hand pump yes exactly like a hand pump and now I'm seeing that the hand pump is dripping. You know, we might not have used the water, uh-huh. but it's still dripping. So that, that's a new wrinkle. Again, call the plumber. No, you need to have the well head pull. You need to have the well pump pulled. Call the well people. No, that's probably not our issue. You probably need a plumber. So what would you do if it were you? And what questions am I, or what am I not telling the two specialists that might be able to help me? So, okay, um, that that is a great question. Now, I would say it sounds like you've been pretty good in your end of the diagnosis um, in, in understanding what you're finding and, you know, when, when what's happening, how often, stuff like that. Um, it definitely sounds like that, yeah, you, for some reason, there's either a little bit of... Um, you know, leak somewhere and it could be real slow and just making the water pressure lower to where the pump then, you know, feels like it needs to run and it might be just running and not really, you know, the water has nowhere to go, but it's just running because it's increasing the pressure in the, in the lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, I mean, I think it's really just a matter of figuring that out. Like if that, if that pump handle is dripping, you know, is that something that's been happening and it's slow and that's what's lowering the pressure, you know, causing this to, to, you know, lower the pressure and get the pump to kick on. Um, it does sound to me like it's more of a, you know, plumber issue as far as where might this be happening. Um, but it might be very, very hard or difficult to find. Especially if it's underground or something like that and you just as it's you know, before it's coming into the house or something like that, it could be something very, very slow. So you're just not seeing wet ground, not seeing a problem, you know. So it 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 sounds like it's just that difficult to find, like they just can't locate anything. So do I have an alternative? I guess I don't until we can identify where the leak is. There's nothing that really can be done, right? Yeah, I, I don't uh-huh. know that there is. <laughs> um, that's not what I wanted to hear, but I yeah. I, kind of, I was afraid that's what it would be. So It um, might be um, to kind of eliminate something outside. It would literally take some work, but if there was a way to... Um, 
like shut off the water overnight, it, it, whether it's, you know, where it comes in the house and making sure that like the house isn't getting any water pressure. Mm-hmm. So you you know if the if the if the lost pressure and the pump kicked on, then it's between like that shut off and the pump like out in the yard or something. That would be maybe something I would try. Um, cause, and I've done that with regular city with meters and stuff that like run and, and, you know, they think they have a leak or something. And I've said, just, just shut the water off to the entire house, write down what the meter setting is, and then go to work and come back and see if that meter setting's different. If it's different, then it's something's going on with the meter or before not inside your house. Cause you've stopped the water. So if there's a shutoff right where that comes in and you can shut that whole house down and that shutoff works really well, and that's another thing that's kind of hard to know. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know that. Yeah, if you know, if it's it should, but, you know, shut that off and see if maybe, you know, because basically does this happen every night you hear this pump run? Yes, and it's not just at night. I yeah. mean, there's, there's been no demand for water. And we'll hear the pump run. Yeah, I would try that to make sure it's not between the pump out in the yard and the house. Is shut that shut off to the main house, shut the entire house down. And and if you do it overnight, it'll be when, you know, most people aren't using a lot of water anyways. And see if you hear that ever kick on and maybe that could narrow it. And there are some companies that can do some like ultrasound looking into the ground at the pipes and stuff that they can at least maybe try and monitor it's a little bit beyond plumber. Uh. Um, but, you know, I, I've seen them do that for like gas lines and stuff like that to about the pressure and stuff. But, um, but I would start there if it were okay. mine, shut the house down and see if you get that pump kicking on, on its own. Very good. We'll give that a shot. Yeah, we've checked the toilets. and That's not, you know, we've gone through bottles of food coloring. That's not it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting the dye in it and everything and seeing it's tripping in. Yeah, that's not it. So, uh, you know, when we discovered that the the pump was whatever that thing is that's next to the wellhead is leaking, we're like, well, that's a new wrinkle. We hadn't hadn't noticed that before. So... uh, and then, you know, we have critters. Oh, my gosh. So is it a critter that's doing it? I, I don't know. So I, th- I appreciate your uh, information and your opinions, and uh, we'll just go from there. Yep. All righty. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for the call. Great mm-hmm. question. Um, complicated matter. Um, wish, wish you all the luck getting that figured out. Um, absolutely for sure. So for everybody else, you got anything going on? We got one segment left. You can give me a call 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We're going to get into our final break here. And, uh, if you've got anything between now and then give me a shout, we'll get it answered before the end of the show. We'll be right back. 
This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right. Hey, Rich Orris here filling in for Scott Mosby. Last segment, we've got some information here. I hope Bev is still uh, listening. Let's get Mark on the line. We've got two people with solutions for the well problem, which is great. If you've seen this before, you have more information. Hey, Mark, what do you got for us? Hi, yes, sir. As a uh, well and plumbing contractor, yeah, uh, there's a couple of couple of solutions that that can happen in this scenario. Uh, basically, what I would do is shut the inlet valve off where it comes into the expansion tank, and and shut it off for a couple hours, and then turn it back on and see if you lose pressure. If you lose pressure, then you know the problem is between that valve and the well itself. Okay. And typically there's a check valve on the right above the pump, and that's what keeps air and the water from draining back down into the well once the pump kicks on and pressurizes the system. Uh, And that check valve could be bad, or it could be uh, a bad gasket on the pitless adapter. Yeah. The pitless adapter is the piece that that you can uncouple when you want to pull the pump out of the well, and there's typically an O-ring there, or you could have a line uh, that uh, that is that has a small pinhole between the valve and the well. So yep. that that would be my that would be my my first uh, uh, solution, and and uh, you know more or less trying to solve that situation. Yeah, and, you know, something I thought of kind of a moment later after it. So that hand pump faucet, isn't that on there before the well, before the pump? So that if that was dripping, or is that after the pump? Because I uh, thought that should th- be, if, if that's a hand pump, it could be before, before, if it's, yeah. if it's, uh, if it's one that's not pressurized when you open it up, yeah. then yes, it would be. It it'd would be, be before, before but if it's pressurized, it'd be after. So that was, yeah, because I was thought about that a minute later, too. Like, that might not absolutely have anything to do with it if it's just the hand pump one. So, hey, Mark, perfect. I appreciate it. Thanks for the input. Okay. Hopefully, Bev was still on the line. Let's jump to John real quick and see if he has anything uh, to add to what Mark had. Hey, John, you there? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. And Yeah, I'll reiterate what Mark said. We call it a foot valve. It's, you know, in the bottom of the intake. And, yeah, as it leaks back down into the well, yeah, the pump has to repressurize. Now, the only other thing, as far as the hand pump, I'm assuming it's a hydrant, you know, in the line between the well and the house. And if that that is leaking significantly, um, she should see a lot of wet ground around that, especially now that we're, you know, the ground's getting dry. Yeah. And so, but yeah, my, my first thought was that uh check valve or foot, we call them foot valves, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. on the bottom, bottom of the well. So, all righty. Awesome. Yep. Appreciate it, John. Let's uh, jump over here to Kathy. She had a, response about the mole or was looking for more information on the moles. Are you there, Kathy? Yes. Uh, you had a caller call, a lady caller in about 20 minutes ago, and you guys were discussing about, she. I think she had a remedy about her, the mole. 
problem, but I didn't hear it. I came in on the tail end of it. So could you, you know, let me know or what was said? Sure. Uh, rid of it to help get rid of it because they have taken over not only the mold, the squirrels, they just, it's just so many of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so for the moles, kind of what we talked about was, you know, she had tried all sorts of different solutions and never really, she hasn't had success with any of those, like, home remedy hack kind of tricks and, you know, the soaps and the bubble gums and all the different stuff that they talk about. So I was kind of advising just actually making sure um, to learn and understand how to actually set up a mole trap you know, the kind you pull back and set and put in the ground right. to where it'll trigger off and, and kill them and stab them. And, right. you know, basically most people, they, they they set those up in the wrong spot. So what will happen is if they do get them to go off and, and trigger, it won't actually stab the mole. It won't be on the trap. Um, or they're putting it on the wrong trail. So the best way to do those mole traps is to look for a mole trail where the ground's raised that's in a straighter line that's exiting the back of your property. Um, yeah. where, where they That's where they come and go in and out, so that's where you'll catch them the most. And then when you go to set that trap, um, what I was explaining was the moles are actually laying on their side. So the moles are not underneath that hump of ground. They're to either the left or the right of it. So you Mm -hmm. need to stab into the ground with a screwdriver to the left and right of that hump of ground and find that hole that they pass through in. And when you find that, you can put the trap actually over the hole they're going to be in, stomp the ground back down, pull the trap, set the trap. So when they come back to your property again, they're going to cross under that, and the trap's actually going to hit the mole. And you'll yeah. you'll get more moles that way than, um, you know, than, than any other way and making sure because the traps, the, the, the lines that they run around and they feed in that curve and go all over the place, they never, they don't go back to those lines. You know, they don't right. dig in those lines. So you want the one where they're coming and going. Well, I would tell you, there's all kind of, like you say, remedies uh, uh, that I have tried. Uh, juicy fruit gum. Yeah. But you make sure you don't, uh, you have gloves on because, uh, you know, you don't want them to smell it. You're, you know, no kind of human scent or anything. Yeah. And I've heard uh, male urine does the trick. Oh, wow. Uh, down in there. That's yeah, a new one on me. So, and Mike Miller oh, yeah. might have some more also. But hey, we are just about out of time. Um, Kathy, I appreciate the phone call and the great question. Um, Got to run now. And uh, okay. for everybody else out there, you can find me at Mosby Building Arts. I'd love to come out and take a look at some of your work, things you got going on. If you're looking for a good person, let me know. And I will talk to everybody next time.